once again to Got to Boot, the show where we take a closer look at the football managers who didn't quite make the cut and ended up back on the managerial merry-go-round. This episode is about a man who took the England job, and it won't surprise you to hear, it all went very badly. Anyone got an umbrella? And gentlemen, if you want to write whatever you want to write, you can write it, because that's all I'm going to say. Thank you. Steve McLaren certainly had some of the credentials to be the England manager. He worked alongside Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United for a while and took Middlesbrough to a UEFA Cup final. He was already part of the England setup. He was Sven Goran Eriksson's assistant right up to his departure following the 2006 World Cup, but that's a story for another day. But the FA weren't convinced at first. They offered the job to Luis Philippe Scolari, off of being a World Cup winning manager. He turned it down, citing the massive media scrutiny he would have faced. The job certainly had a reputation for outside pressure. We could talk for hours about how England would have fared if Luis had taken the job. Instead, we got second choice Steve to lead our qualification campaign for Euro 2008. Well, I've had many great moments in football already in my career. But this today has to be the proudest moment in my career. As soon as he got his feet under the table, there were some big changes made. McLaren brought in former England manager Terry Venables to be his assistant. Tellboy had been in charge in Euro 96 when football was so close to coming home but ultimately ended in semi-final heartbreak. Sound familiar? Then came the real shocker. McLaren dropped former captain David Beckham from his first squad. He wanted to take things in a different direction. What are you playing at? This would be fair enough if the player you were dropping was getting on and past their prime. Bex was still playing for Real Madrid at the time. The side was severely lacking fresh faces too. The majority of the side who played in McLaren's first game, a friendly win against Greece, had been in the 2006 World Cup squad. I knew the people on the board. I'd been involved for four years with Sven. None of the other English managers had experienced international football. None of them had experienced European football. You know, for me... I was the standout English candidate. Euro 2008 qualifying started with two wins in a group England were expected to cruise through. Then the issues really started to begin. In October 2006, England drew 0-0 against Macedonia, at home. Bad enough, but the alarm bell started to ring when it was followed by a 2-0 loss away to Croatia, through of one of the most bizarre own goals the world had seen. England didn't manage to win a game for six months. Admittedly, they only played five games in that time, but let's not let that get in the way of a good stat. When they went to Andorra, they were fourth in their group, needing to finish in at least second place to stand a chance of qualifying. A big response was needed. Unfortunately, there wasn't one.
After 53 minutes, the deadlock was finally broken. To put this into context, Andorra versus England is the international equivalent of Blythe Spartans versus Liverpool in the FA Cup. It shouldn't take that long to score a goal, and the fans let the three lines know loudly. England finally won 3-0, but after the game, Steve McLaren snapped. The sign of the pressure taking its toll was clear for the world's media to see. And gentlemen, if you want to write whatever you want to write, you can write it, because that's all I'm going to say. Thank you. Despite the defiant speech, it was clear he was on his final chance. Desperate to turn it around, he went back on previous decisions and recalled David Beckham. Golden Bulls started the next game, a one-all draw to Brazil in the first international at the New Wembley. It was a feel-good night that helped mask the ageing squad. If it hadn't been for injuries to the likes of Wayne Rooney, it would have been a near rerun of the four years previous. The return of Beckham saw a much-needed uplift in form. Four consecutive 3-0 wins put them back in charge of their own destiny for Euro 2000. 2008. Fans were treated to yet another throwback in the form of Michael Owen and Emil Heskey starting up front. Looking back, they were surprisingly one of the best partnerships that England had to offer. Perhaps that's where Fabio Capello's love for Heskey all began. We need a goal, we bring Emil Heskey on and take Jermaine Defoe off. So on to the final stretch of qualification. England was second in their group, two games to go and five points clear of Russia. And we were playing them next with the chance to nail down the spot at the next summer's finals. What could possibly go wrong? Berezitsky, well hit, good save, Pavlyuchenko's there! And England are behind in a game they must not lose. As always seems to be the case with England, things did go wrong. Losing 2-1 to Russia was a disaster, as now they were only two points clear and only one game left. Russia had two games against Israel and Andorra, so basically three points at least. McLaren was praying for a miracle, and he got one. A last-minute winner earned Israel a 2-1 win against Russia, meaning England's two-point advantage was maintained. And they had a superior goal difference too. Basically, a point against Croatia at Wembley would be enough to qualify. Looking back at this makes what happened next even more ridiculous. A night that would be remembered forever. Not for a defeat, not even a horrific goalkeeping error, but an umbrella. Eduardo in the centre, Hanshaw will shoot from here. The legendary John Motson there, who was watching the horror unfold at Wembley for BBC Sport. That mistake from Scott Carson set the tone for the evening. He was part of a brand new back five, made up of himself, Micah Richards, Sol Campbell, Jolien Lescott and Wayne Bridge. Not exactly a defence that installs you with confidence. 2-0 down at half-time and then came out the infamous umbrella for the second half. Why McLaren decided to use it at that time, with a coffee cup in his other hand, is anybody's guess. It certainly wasn't a good Good look. But at least he made some substitutions and England pulled it back to 2-2. But then he did nothing. This was the result they needed and he did nothing to protect it. Inevitably, Croatia scored. He did bring Darren Bent on in a last-ditch attempt to salvage the game. Needless to say, that didn't work. And England are out of the European Championships. Unless Andorra score against Russia in the next three minutes. Andorra didn't score, and that was that. The Wally with the Broly was born, and Steve McLaren didn't even last 24 hours. In fact, he was sacked by lunchtime the next day. 
The journalist Henry Winter spoke on the BBC documentary The Impossible Job about his final press conference. He had the most brutal, we've had some brutal inquests with England managers because they have to do this exit interview under the terms of their contract with the FA. And it's horrible, they don't want to be there and we just get stuck into them. I turned around and there was a lady sitting at the back of the room listening to the whole thing and it was Steve McLeod's wife. It's the families and the mothers who are so proud that their offspring are representing their country and they're going into a supermarket and people are looking at them and just saying, your son let his country down. You know, it's so, there is that human maelstrom uh, and calamity that goes on. And I mean, sometimes I have to remind myself not to forget that, but it's difficult because you so want England to do well and you're so frustrated at defeats that probably weigh in. We do weigh in hard. It was um, a, a vicious era of huge expectation yeah. and the Wally and, and all that comes with that job and, and you know that so you know, I don't anyone feel sorry for me or feel oh, that was a bit harsh or whatever you know, it's part of the job and I took that To be fair to him, he wasn't helped by injuries to key players at key times but the damage was done in the first half of his reign when the national team got stuck in a rut which took months to get out of. The England job has always been a dangerous role to take given the media pressure and the tendency for things to go badly wrong. Even back then, though, it was the job to have. McLaren wanted it more than most, but it was quickly evident it was a step too far for him. He's always been highly spoken of by former colleagues and players as a great coach. Sadly for him, being a great coach doesn't make you a great manager. Whilst it may not be the legacy he wanted, the story of the Wally with the Broly will certainly live forever. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Let us know what you made of what you heard and what other managerial disasters we should be covering. Our email is gottheboot at gmail.com and you can also follow us on social media. We've got the boot pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again and see you next time. Got the boot.